hey, Virginia and Virginia Tech might be a combined one in seven. And yes, JMU, thanks to Corey, wants us to mention that they're having a great year, and we are glad to do that. They actually beat Virginia in comeback fashion. I believe in them, unlike Ed. Well, I mean, you know, you, yes, I, I think our records would show that because we keep receipts. And guess what? We keep receipts. That's correct. So, unfortunately, it shows some painful things when it comes to those teams. Uh, meanwhile, Virginia Tech and Virginia, 1-7 combined their record this year. It's now 2-20 against Power 5 opponents. Uh, the colleague of our next guest was the first to tip me off on that. You could look it up, but he was the one who brought it to light. That's Andy Bitter of TechSideline.com. So now we are joined by Andy's colleague, friend of ours, Chris Coleman from TechSideline.com, back with us once again in the fast lane. Chris, in spite of the painful starts, we are pining, and it gets harder and harder each week to do this, for signs of optimism. So let's focus on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Is it at least a testament that a guy like Cole Beck in his final year of college football is holding off on doing the painting games and instead is going to play for a team that still is just 1-3, and three, that, hey, the culture can't be that bad if he's at least going to give it a go this year? Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like Cole Beck, you know, when he does something, he throws himself into it completely. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, I don't know if I'd do the same thing for him. I mean, track could be – it's a better chance of, of him making a career out of that than uh, than it is football, of course, being just a special teams player. But, you know, you commend the dedication for sure, and, and you appreciate it. It is a positive for Virginia Tech. No, there are not very many of those, but we wanted to start things off on an optimistic note with TechSideline.com's Chris Coleman. Now to the painful reality of this. Um, They're one in three right now. Are you at the point where you write out the year, wins they get or gravy, but you see the light at the end of the tunnel that may be the oncoming train that is about to blow up a coaching staff, most notably the coordinators and particularly on the offensive side of the ball? You know, uh, eight games left, you never know what could happen. But uh, I think the trend that we've seen over the last 15 games of Tyler Bowen's offense is, is it's just not good enough. Um, I mean, they, they're averaging under seven, just under 17 points per game over their last three games. And, uh, you know, no matter what, like even if Tech's defense was playing really well, which, you know, it's not obviously against the run, but even if it was playing well, they still wouldn't be winning games because the offense just can't score enough points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I expect that's something that if that trend continues, that's going to come to a head at the end of the season because I don't think the fan base would have – Barring some sort of change over the last eight games, I don't think the fan base would have any confidence in that setup going forward. Brent Pry also. Last year, it was the offenses to vanilla. They made a number of changes. The one constant has been Tyler Bowen, who has been elevated to the offensive coordinator position, granted with new pieces as a coaching staff and new pieces as players, and the results still aren't there. Um, Is this one of those cases where at some point he may be a heck of a guy and he is a guy that you may want to turn it around, but... This is a business at the end of the day, and everybody's compensated. And even as a coach, you kind of know you're getting into this profession. And if the results aren't there quickly, that's part of what you sign up for. I think if you know you're Brent Pry, you've got to read the room. And assuming, you know, unless there's a lot of improvement between now and the year, now and the end of the year, you're, you're dealing with a fan base that is used to head coaches keeping offensive coordinators longer than they should, right? 
Um, Frank Beamer did it with Steinspring. Um, you know, Fuente probably did it with Cornelson. And, and now I'm sure there are Tech fans out there that just have been burned in the past and, and that they just can't see a head coach changing offensive coordinators. Um, and there are others who who were just, you know, frustrated by the whole situation. Here we go. Here we go again. Right? Another offensive coordinator that's not good enough. Not not that a whole lot of fan bases uh um love their offensive coordinators. It's it's, you know, a love-hate relationship. But with Virginia Tech fans, it's generally a hate relationship throughout the years and then and that's it. So, you know, I think when it gets to the end of the year, if this thing doesn't look like it's going in the right direction offensively, then you know, probably we'll have to read the room and understand, you know, the fan base he's dealing with, and, and the fan base is, is is sick and tired of 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 the offensive product over the last couple of decades. And obviously, there there are seasons here and there where the offense has has been good and up to up to expectations and things like that. But generally speaking, it's 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 not what you, it hasn't been what you want it to be. And the fan base is used to coaches, you know, hanging on the coordinators longer than than they should. So. I think the fans are going to need a shot at the arm maybe uh, at the end of the season if things don't change. Chris Coleman, TSL, and TechSideline.com. Twitter handle and the website to keep up with Chris Coleman, who's with us here in the fast lane. Chris, um, we've touched quite a bit on on where the offense is right now, uh, but bigger picture as well from the program and the job of Brent Pry. You mentioned reading the room. How much of this also boils down to the fact that he's the caretaker for a fan base that you know, there still is enough faith and desire to support this program that they've actually sold out the pit game this coming weekend, 6 o'clock airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. And it's been announced in the last hour and change that they have sold out the game against Wake Forest as well, despite the fact that uh, it's not exactly the most appealing results. Yeah, I think the fan base has done an incredible job. I think they've gone above and beyond the call of duty, considering the the product that they've got since the start of, of last season. And uh, you know, part of that is because you know it's a it's a really good fan base, but it's also like prize a good fit from a personal personality standpoint. I mean, I think everybody really badly wants it to want wants it to work because. You know, if it does work, he's he's uh, he would be a fun guy to win with. He he'd be a fun guy to be your head coach when you're winning football games. And I think that's I think the the, the show of loyalty as far as the sellouts, ticket sales, and, and things like that. I, I think that's a reflection of what the the fan base feels about Pry as far as like yeah, it can work long term. But at the same time, you know, I think come the end of the season. If things remain on this course, you're going to have to throw them a bone. It is something you'll have to do. And that's the reality that in a lot of cases, you made changes to players, you made changes in other areas, but the coaching staff hasn't really been shaken up. Um, Virginia Tech, obviously you buy out a head football coach, it gets real expensive. And I'm not saying you have to do that when there have been signs of progress, at least in player acquisition. But with Virginia Tech pony up the money it takes not just to get rid of a guy like a Tyler Bowen or maybe a Chris Moore, but to bring in a respected, good veteran coordinator that might be able to add some level of experience as well to the program. Ricky Ronnie called yeah. cough. Yeah, Tech um, Tech has, is better from a financial standpoint right now than they were because you've got 
the football enhancement fund money coming in, and the universities matching that up to a certain extent. So Tech is pretty much up to about a $125 million organization now, and they were about $100 million just a few years ago. So the money situation has improved dramatically. I think the, the last reported fiscal year, they were over $4.5 million in the black. So, yeah, I mean, the, the money's there. To, to do it like like that there there's there, that's not going to be an obstacle in, in this case i think that was an obstacle uh for fuente a little bit a couple times when maybe he wanted to make some changes but i think the financial uh situation has improved dramatically now and that's not going to be an issue for, for brent pry it, it, it wasn't an issue with you know going out and hiring guys either when he was first hired he had the money you know, and, and I mean, quite frankly, you know, Bowen makes the same as like the Ole Miss offensive coordinator and plenty of other Power Five offensive coordinators. The money wasn't the issue with Bowen, and it's not going to be the issue after Bowen, assuming he's gone, if he's gone. The issue is selection. You just got to get the right guy, and Virginia Tech has enough money to get the right guy, but it's, it's just a matter of uh, figuring out who that guy is. We will look at that in a little bit. Have you started to put a list together, though, of candidates? No. Won, or do you wait? I, I haven't. Yeah, I. Uh, I it's, when you get in the season, and you know we have so much content that you're just at this point you're focusing on the next game. Um, but but if if I'll, I want to see how it goes, you know if if things haven't changed by like the beginning of November, then I'll probably in my head you know start start doing some research on some guys just to provide some some information but for for right now you know we're so busy that i'm just taking it on a week-to-week basis chris coleman techsideline.com trey you have a snarky comment i was just gonna say as uh you know when ricky ronnie gets fired at otu you throw him a lifeline (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you could they obviously know each other but the thing is like i don't think penn state was very pleased with ronnie's offense when he was up there you know that they had a really good offense under joe moorhead but but they've cycled through offensive coordinators quite a bit up there trying to find the right guy. They, they were generally having had a good defense up there under pride, but the offensive coordinator job was kind of a revolving door. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we'll see. I'm a little hesitant right now with more Penn State connections, to be quite honest with you. Got about 30 seconds left with Chris Coleman of Texas. Brian Ferentz might have an opening. Oh, my gosh. We don't even need to go down that road. That would <laughs> cause a riot in Blacksburg. Um, but – Anyway, got about 30 seconds with Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com. Chris, I, I saw you got your game preview up at TechSideline.com and you did your latest podcast, which also is going to have uh, you know your projections of what you think happens when Pitt and Virginia Tech square off 6 o'clock airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3 in the next couple of days. Uh, Saturday evening to be exact. Is there any possibility this game is higher scoring because these offenses are so bad that they give away points to the other team and all of a sudden we're looking at an over-the-low-point total because, well, offensive ineptitude comes in many forms. Yeah, because you can't pick up a first down, so you give the other the team uh, the other ball on a short field and then they score and things like that. I mean, it's possible, though the Rutgers game was higher scoring than predicted, although almost all of that was Rutgers. So it could, but like I, I don't... I don't, even if there were more points than expected, I, I wouldn't expect like the flow of play or the total yards to match that. There's a good way to look at things and what you should expect this coming Saturday. Maybe close just by virtue of the two teams playing. Struggling Pitt at struggling Virginia Tech. 
6 o'clock airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. And while you're focused on the game, TechSideline.com, great pre- and post-game and in-game coverage. And, of course, Chris Coleman, TSL, also on the Twitter handle, or X as I guess people want me to call it. I'm sticking with Twitter just because. Chris, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. It's always great to catch up with you, and we hope you and yours are well. All right, appreciate it, Ed. Take care, man. Indeed, Chris Coleman with us here in the Fast Lane, W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. Now, for one of the few times remaining, it's time to go live to whoever's taking over for Zach Elb.